Chapter 7, Part 3. One of the most ex frustrating experiences of my early years in the pastorate came in the wee hours of the morning during a drunken, tearful visit from an abusive husband and a derelict dad in my community. Awakened by a pounding on the door, well past midnight, I rose groggily, opened the door, and found my inebriated guest crying uncontrollably. Preacher, I gotta talk to you. I just can't stand it anymore. Come on in, come in, come in. Bless your heart. What's wrong? Here, have a seat right here. Why don't you tell me all about it? Preacher, I can't go on like this. Look at me, drunk, no good, beating my wife and kids. I'm not worth anything, preacher. I'm not worth anything. My guest cried long and hard, an hour, maybe an hour and a half later. My visitor, who was scorned throughout the community as the local deadbeat robate, still resisted accepting God's forgiveness and new light. Why don't you give your life to God? Let God forgive your sins and give you a brand new start. No, nah, I can't do that. Sure you can. Why don't we pray together right now? Let's ask God to forgive you for all those sins and ask Christ to save you. Give you peace and a new start. What do you say? Why not repent and let Jesus wipe the slate clean? Aren't you ready to do that? Nothing doing. Confession differs from acknowledgement. Being conscious of our sin is one thing. Confessing it is another. To confess our sin means we agree with God that our behavior is wrong. To repent of our sin means we give it to God so he can help us to change. Cognition of wrongdoing is a prerequisite to confession, not synonymous with it. Can't we suffer the guilt of knowing our sin minus any intention of changing our ways? If we continue to repeat the sin, are we still changing? Nope, we don't have any intention of doing so. Guilt is not grace. Remorse is not repentance. If you've asked for forgiveness or you've said you've done something wrong and you still not change the action, it's not repentance. Remorse is not repentance. Acknowledging you did something wrong, but you still haven't repented for it. My nocturnal caller named his sin, yet despite his immense shame and my best effort, the poor tormented soul refused to forsake those sins. He just could not or would not repent and accept forgiveness. The table was set, but my famished friend went away starving. Whenever the Bible equates confession and acknowledgement of sin or confession and repentance, it is because the context implies a forsaking of sin for worship of God. One sinner put it this way, I acknowledge my sin to you, and in my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. My tragic parishioner, on the other hand, illustrates painfully that we may be quite conscious of our sin without taking a vital step Next steps towards the repentant confession and repentance. To repent of our sin means to turn around and go in a different direction. Run from the sin. To genuinely confess our sin is to do so with the intent of forsaking them. Instead of following temptation down the path leading away from God, we turn around and come back to God. We come home. We return home and leave the sin in its place. Although two paths beckon, the way of life and the way of death, 
Only one road leads home. Let us beware of the destination of the dark path. An old Chinese saying warns, unless you change directions, you may end up where you are headed. Cleansing from sin. What now? Competing for our soul, two roads lead to opposing destinies. From the narrow way, wanting where, and angels sing, come, live. Down the wide, well-worn road, the snake fibs, come, you will die, not die. Do you remember Robert Frost's closing lines in his poem, The Road Not Taken? It's a new perspective. Think about it. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. The path taken, which makes all the difference, is marked by consciousness of sin plus confession of sin, which leads to cleansing from sin. This road leads to life. This is the way to forgiveness. In God's forgiveness formula, where C plus C equals C, the final C represents cleansing from sin. If we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I cannot speak for anyone else, but there are times when I find myself at odds with family members, friends, colleagues, or even my spouse or God, yet stubbornly refusing to try to restore the relationship. I have learned the hard way that three days is about as long as I can hold out as a miserable stinker. The pain of alienation cast me into an inhospitable ICU where demons, not doctors, inject me with meanness, not medicine. Thank God for the great physician, his prescription, penicillin for the soul, prayer, confession, and forgiveness. Unity once again. Unity with my transgressor and unity for the transgressions. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. Read the surprising correct, uh, confession of one psalmist. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away, though my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. Apparently you and I are not the only ones who know what it's like to resist repenting of our sins. Even one of the best scriptures suffered the disease of pride and rebellion. Does that ironically give you hope? It does me. If the psalmist struggled spiritually, surely there's hope for me. Continue reading the testimony and encouragement of our fellow struggler. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave my guilt of sin. Therefore, I let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be found. The psalmist obviously wrestled with the sin problem, but confessed it and received forgiveness. The word forgave in text means to lift up, to bear, to dismiss, to send away. When we confess our sin, God completely removes them. As a launched satellite disappears into space, so our sins vanish forever as long as we've turned from them. As far as we, as the East is from our West, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So once we have cast out our sins and walked away from them, 
we have become completely washed away. Our English word guilt comes from an old Anglo-Saxon word meaning gout, meaning to pay. The Bible leaves no doubt that our sin debt must be paid. Roman 3.23 asserts that we are all guilty. However, the required payment is death. For the wages of sin is death, but the free of guilt gift of God is eternal life, Jesus Christ our Lord. The good news is we have a choice. Either we can try to pay for our sins or we can let Christ pay for them. In Flannery O'Connor's novel, Wise Blood, Hazel Motes cared nothing about at all Christianity, holding a church strong in contempt. Hayes was a lad of 10, and he learned that the circus was coming to town. Although the church held no appeal for him, his exhibited particular excitement at the prospect of seeing sensational naked lady in the side so. When the day came and the big event came, Hayes managed to finagle his way into the show. As he arrived home later, his mother met him at the yard with a stick, demanding, What you seen? What you seen? Admitting nothing, Hayes received a whack across the legs with the stick, along with some strong preaching. Jesus died to redeem you, she lectured. When his mother left, 